It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I am your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf guru himself, Uncle Dave, better known as Dave Essler. You guys can find him on Twitter, Dave underscore Essler. And you get to get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, Uncle Dave, here we go again. Another golf tournament, another week where we're going to be at Muirfield Village Country Club in Dublin, Ohio. Last week, we had the Workday Charity event. This week, it's a big one. It's the Memorial. Last year's winner, Patrick Cantlay, is going to be in the field again. That was a guy last week, Uncle Dave, that you know you had some bets on last week, and you ended up cashing him to go ahead and make the top 20. We're going to talk about a lot of the bets that are going into this week. Now, we have a lot of props this week. We have a ton of stuff that actually surrounds Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, you know, he's going to make his first appearance back on the tour since February. And Tiger's been a force at this course. He's won this event five times. The last time he was here, Uncle Dave, he finished tied for ninth. And I always hear people talking about, you know, Tiger Woods taking time off. But I think, you know, Uncle Dave, if we just look at Tiger for a brief second here, you know, the time off probably actually benefits him. You know, he's been doing this for the last few years now. And, you know, it might be a positive for himself. You know, he's coming up on age now. He's like 44 years old. So Tiger's definitely one thing that I'm certainly looking for. And I certainly look to go ahead and dive into some of these props. Now, Uncle Dave, we talked last week, you know, about golfers going through kind of a walkthrough. Now, these people are going to end up playing at this specific course two weeks in a row. Last week they played there. Now they're going to play again this week. Now, Bubba Watson was like plus nine. Justin Rose plus 10, Jimmy Walker. I mean, there were some notable names, Uncle Dave, who they didn't make the cut. They looked like they played some of the worst golf of their life. And we said that we think perhaps maybe there would be some golfers going through a walkthrough. So I'm not sure how you view last week going into this week, Uncle Dave. We know that this course is going to change. The tee boxes are going to change. The length of the rough, some of the hole locations are going to change. They're going to try to alter some of the green speeds. I want to talk about the golfers from last week, Uncle Dave. Those notable names like a Watson, a Rose, a Walker. No, those guys golfed terribly. Do you think that they just went through a walkthrough and maybe what can we expect from those guys this upcoming event? That's a good question. And, and I did look at that and, and see guys that kind of either missed the cut or, or made the cut and just kind of lollygagged. But I didn't really see any guys that were people I'd look on this week that sort of did their – sort of walk through, if you will. I would love to come up with some sort of really cool angle and, and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I just didn't see it. I mean, you know, most of the guys that missed the cut, missed the cut pretty badly. You know, look at a guy like Bubba Watson. Um, and I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe we can look at him. But, you know, he's just not in good form right now. And, and the other thing I don't like about using Bubba Watson this week is they're calling for potential showers Thursday and Friday afternoon. And it's no secret that Bubba doesn't like wet. So I didn't see any of those guys that would stick out this week. Um, I did find a few other little angles. But that one, um, it, you know, it was an interesting thought when you when you threw it up there for something you wanted to talk about. But I honestly couldn't find anything that I could come out here and sound really intelligent by telling you, yeah, look at this. So I wish, but not so much. You know, I'm kind of in line with you, Uncle Dave. Like, I expected to see a lot of the big-name golfers kind of go ahead and and look like they were just doing a walkthrough. And when I looked at the bottom there, you know, I didn't see many of the big names. I mean, there was guys there who made the cut who, you know, quite honestly, that I haven't heard of 
before. And then I look and I see a couple names of guys that we've, you know, that we've all know. But, you know, I thought I would see a whole hell of a lot more. You know, one of the reasons I asked that question is because I actually didn't do all that well last week. I gave out three guys and, and I thought that my picks were going to be solid guys who actually golfed well here and none of them made the cut. They were all out of it by the second day. And that was one of the reasons why I'm like, you know, these guys just look so good going into the tournament. And I thought maybe, you know, that they were just doing a walkthrough thing. But, you know, I, I started to convince myself that, um, you know, that that really wasn't the case, that I just had the wrong guys and everybody was out there trying to go ahead and golf their best. But, you know, maybe above Bubba, maybe a Justin Rose. I mean, I just don't expect, you know, those guys to shoot that bad. I mean, maybe maybe there's an exception for those two guys, but I think everybody else for the most part, you know, was out there trying to do their thing. Now, Uncle Dave, this is going to be a star-studded field. This is going to be probably the biggest one since we returned from COVID. You're going to have 23 of the top 25 golfers in the world in this tournament. The number one ranked golfer, Roy McIlroy, he's coming back. He's been off for a few weeks. He hasn't really played since the Travelers. And we're also going to have Tiger Woods in the field. So I think it's going to be a tournament in which this one really feels like a major. Now, we have a lot of picks that we can go through, Uncle Dave, but let's not go ahead and sell ourselves short here. You went last week and you picked the winner, Morikawa, at 35-1. to 1. That was an amazing pick. I saw he was the first-round leader. I know the first-round leader subject, Uncle Dave, might annoy you a little bit because you had a guy there in Adam Hadwin who almost cashed that ticket. We're going to give out some first-round leaders. But why don't you talk about Morikawa, Uncle Dave, you know, how he did last week and what you're thinking about, you know, with Morikawa this week. Can he repeat? Do you have any tickets in your pocket surrounding that guy? You know, I don't have any tickets on him yet. I might try to find a way to use him in some form or fashion. Um, a couple of reasons. Number one, he's got a really early tee time. I think he's one of the second groups off this week. And, you, you know, I, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a little leery this week. He, you know, he's going off 10-T, which I guess is not a huge deal. Back nine's a little more difficult. But his pairing is himself and DeChambeau and Cantlay. I mean, that's a that's a group. And and I I got to wonder, you know, not, not to take anything away from Morikawa, but, you know, playing a few extra holes last week, I mean, it was pretty stressful. I mean, anybody that watched it, you know, after Friday and even early Saturday – uh, he had a three-shot lead, and it looked like it was going to be no problem. Then he then he fell back, and then, you know, three down, three to go, and we, we know what happened after that. So it was totally a back-and-forth thing. And, you know, I, I just wonder how much energy that took out of him. I mean, if you just look at – I mean, that's a classic case to me of if you just sit there and look at stats and you go, yeah, well, he should win again or he'll do well again, and he might. But I'm I'm a little leery of the fact that, there's no doubt he expended a ton of energy last week. I know he's only 21, but, you know, psychologically, that had to take a toll. So I don't have any tickets on Morikawa yet. Um, I may throw him in there somewhere, but I'm, I'm, I'm leery. I have about 20 tickets sitting out there now, and you know, I don't know how much more risk I really want or how much more risk I really want to ask my guys to take. You know, it's funny that, you know, the guys have been playing all year are up a lot because we've got – we cashed Webb to win the Heritage, too. So, you know, we've got quite the golf bankroll going on. And I hate to see the new people jumping on now. And, and there are plenty of them that uh, all of a sudden fall into me losing 20 bets in a row, which it's not likely. But, you know, I got to be a little careful uh, because it's real easy when you're winning, you know, in any sport, you know, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, what have you. 
when you're winning, I mean, it's easy and you just see things and it's just easy to keep right on firing. Um, and, you know, that inevitably turns into regression at some point. So I'm mindful of that and, and trying to be careful. You know, I'm playing a lot more top 20s than I did top 10s partially because I've been screwed out of a couple of top 10s lately. You know, you get guys like last weekend, I had Ricky top 10, and that would have been a fifth ticket we would have cashed last week. And he was looking pretty good. I think he was T7, and he was finished. But there was still a few guys on the course, and, you know, all it takes is one of them to finish birdie, birdie, and that's exactly what happened. You know, sort of a, a nondescript, nobody paying attention, birdie, birdie, because there were so many guys ahead of him, he ended up finishing T14. So, you know, the difference in, in value of T10 and T20 is somewhat significant, but you can usually get most of these guys uh, T20 even at plus money, and, you know, that would be something I would maybe look at, at doing with Morikawa. And Morikawa right now sitting at 22 to 1 to go ahead and win it all. Justin Thomas is your overwhelming favorite at plus 950. Uncle Dave, he was the only player, Justin Thomas, last week who shot in the 60s in four rounds. He's going to be tough. You know, his top 10 price right now is only plus 138. So obviously they're expecting Thomas to go ahead and repeat what he did last week. And he was, uh, you know, he was nothing short of amazing. I'm curious, you know, what Bryson's going to do at this course. Is he going to be able to go ahead and, and hit those bombs again? Tiger, you know, he's going to be talked about a lot this week. You know, after taking, you know, a certain amount of time off, you know, he's 26 to 1. I want to talk about Tiger before we get into a bunch of our picks, Uncle Dave. Now, do you think that the layoff with Tiger is going to be a positive or a negative? I view it as a positive. In the past, I think it was a negative because it was something that he wasn't used to. I kind of want to hear your thoughts right now with Tiger coming back. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. If it had been something he hadn't done before, you know, he'd been out two or three months with a back injury or what have you, I would be totally saying that, you know, he, he can't do well. But, you know, he's used to this. He knew a long time ago when he was going to play again. You know, he's far from a rookie. He knows his body. He obviously knows the course. He's won here a bunch. So, you know, I don't I don't expect him to uh, fade off into the sunset this weekend by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I, you know, it's good for golf to have him back. And, you know, obviously I think he's, I think he's a little bit more motivated because, you know, there was a while back, if you remember, that when, you know, when, when, when Tiger started – hitting these bombs off the tee considerably further than anybody else. They were, they were kind of tiger proofing the courses, if you will, moving tees, um, narrow and landing areas and whatnot. And, you know, now the talk is that they're Bryson proofing courses. And uh, I have to think that that might motivate tiger a little bit to find it one more time, two more times, three more times, whatever. I mean, I, I don't think he's done by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's just going to, pick his spots and you know to him winning is everything i mean he's not going to go out there just to show up and get his money and be tiger woods i i i'm larry to bet him uh, to win because you know they do have that four inch rough this week you know i've been told by a couple of pga players that that four inch rough doesn't bother these strong guys uh, like bryson and, and, and justin and whatnot but you know does it bother a guy like tiger i mean obviously doesn't have the strength that he used to have you know, but I always go back to, you know, if, if somebody had to make a putt, I would probably not want anybody other than Tiger Woods to hit it. I mean, the guy can putt, you know, whether the greens are 13 on the stip meter, which I guess they are uh, or not, you know, so is Augusta. 
Tiger can putt. So, you know, I, I would not discount him. I'm not ready to throw my money on him to win. But I do think that you'll see him on TV Sunday. I'll certainly be watching that. I'm going to try to watch that from the first round if I can manage to go ahead and find it, you know, on the Golf Channel or stream it online. I want to see how Tiger looks. And you can also, you know, you could bet some first round props. You could take some, you know, Tiger first round birdies. You can bet him, you know, over under four and a half right now. Not sure what you think about, you know, his his first round, Uncle Dave, you know, how he might come out. For me, it seems like he he's kind of, you know, let me play the course, let me not kill myself, but let me not be too aggressive. At least that's the way that I've seen Tiger at least approach some of the, you know, some of these tournaments when he first comes out in his first round. Right now is over and under birdies, four and a half. There's a lot of juice on the over at like minus 140. His total number of bogeys in the first round, over and under two and a half, minus 115. If you had to go ahead and make a wager, Uncle Dave, on birdies at four and a half or bogeys at two and a half, which one would you feel strongest about? Well, can I take the fifth until Thursday morning? Because, you know, that's honestly what I'd like to do uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first one being the weather. You know, I told you guys that, you know, there's a, a reasonable chance of storms in the afternoon. And, and Thursday, Tiger has a 117 tee time. Uh, and he's paired with Rory and Brooks Kepka. So, uh, you know, you watch those elite groups at times and you, you always see one guy pressing a little too hard. I don't think it'll be... It'll be Tiger. It could well be Brooks, if you ask me. Um, but, you know, I would say right now his chances are better than average if the storms are later because the front nine is considerably easier than the back nine. So I would say I, I would take over his birdies, uh, and I would probably take under his bogeys, even on the back nine, because he, uh, you know, he's played so much. He, he knows he doesn't need to shoot 64 on Thursday. I mean, it would be nice, but you know, he wants to get back into form and he doesn't want to get beat by Rory or Brooks. You know, I, I would look for him to shoot a, you know, a, a reasonable, you know, 66, 67, 68, somewhere in there. I mean, nothing spectacular, uh, but you know, he'll play, he'll play tee to green probably just, you know, let me just play this one round at a time. Let me make the cut. You know, he has, it's the afternoon tea time, and, you know, of course, he knows that the afternoon scores are typically a little lower than the morning scores, so he's probably not going to go out and try to shoot that uh, low round, hugely low round, knowing that he's got the early tea time on Friday. So, you know, why kill yourself? You're, you're going to finish at, you know, roughly 6 o'clock on, on, on Thursday, and that's barring any rain delays, and then you've got that relatively early tea time again on Friday, which can be a little demanding. And, you know, you said he is 44. So I, I think he's going to pace himself. I think he's just looking to go out and shoot, you know, uh, you know, four or five birdies, a bogey or two, and, and, and call it good and move on. I don't think he's going to be looking to make a statement in the first round because I think there's too much risk-reward there to, uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, obviously doesn't want to go out and shoot 74. So I think he's going to be patient, take his chances, you know, the advantage you have is he knows that course like the back of his hand. He knows how to win. So, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking he probably does get his five birdies, and he, he probably bogeys a few. We know when he tends to get on a little bit of a birdie train and then get a little bit greedy, which don't we all? You know, I'm immortal, and, you know, even he's not immortal. You know, you get you get one in that rough. It's just sort of a normal lie there. Okay, you get one in that rough where it's sitting down. Um, 
that's a that's a huge problem for the approach shot. There's also a, a, an absolute shit ton of fairway bunkers. You know, most of those guys are really good out of bunkers, but again, that would be predicated on having a nice lie, and you know, there's just no guarantee there. So I think he's going to be a little conservative, uh, and 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 just make sure he's there on Sunday. So let me jump over to another prop that I found. I want to stay with Tiger Woods here, Uncle Dave, but I kind of want to ask you about this pricing. And it's a Tiger against Phil prop. Now, Phil golfed last week. He wasn't all that great. Shot a 73, a 72. I think he shot a 69 and then a 74 he had in there too. So Phil wasn't all that great, but, you know, he wasn't exactly bad. I saw at one point, you know, he was on the leaderboard uh, briefly, and then uh, and then obviously he disappeared off there. But, you know, with Phil playing last week and Tiger going ahead and having time off and going up against him this week, right now you got Tiger at like minus 295 versus Phil. Do you think that there's any chance, you know, that Phil could actually outdo Tiger in this tournament and we can catch a nice plus price? I mean, you can get like Phil right now, like plus 240 in a head-to-head matchup. Why don't you talk about that? Tell me if that pricing seems a little high for Tiger. You know, maybe some of the advantages for Phil going into this week. Well, I think it's a lot high for Phil uh, this week because, you know, I I wish Mickelson had an early tee time. He does not. Uh, He has, uh, I think he's a group ahead of Tiger, but he has the advantage of going off the uh, front nine, which is a little bit of an advantage. And as I said, the front nine is a lot more birdie opportunities and you know Phil's been Phil's been playing er, early uh, in round early in these tournaments. He's actually been playing pretty well. You know, I almost had some money on him one time, and I was a little annoyed that I didn't. I think it was two weeks ago because he started off Thursday, Friday, really good, and then of course, uh, you know, Phil's an old man. I think he'll be playing on the he could play on the senior tour next year, and I just think that. You know, age and a few extra pounds just catches up with him. So, can he do it for four rounds? No, um, I, 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 I don't think he can. You know, if there's a if there's a first round prop uh, of 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 Phil over Tiger, I think that would be a solid bet for the tournament. I don't think he can do it because he did the same thing last week. He started off really hot and then just kind of fell apart. So, you know, I I just think he's He's not good for 72 holes anymore. We have to say he's never going to win again, but, you know, recent history says Tiger does beat him uh, if you want to go head-to-head for the full tournament. You want to go, you can find something head-to-head for the first round. Well, I could totally see Phil on that one uh, just because he's been playing well early and he has the benefit of starting on the front nine. So let's talk two more Tiger props before we get into the picks that we have, Uncle Dave. Here's one that I would say might be a little bit, you know, of a mispricing. You have Tiger versus Cantley. Now, Cantley's been solid here. Obviously, he was solid last week. You had him to go ahead and finish inside the top 20. You cashed that ticket. But right now, Cantley's going to be minus 140 against Tiger. You know, I, I like betting on Tiger, but at some point, there are going to be some wagers out there that they're putting out there saying, yeah, go ahead, please bet Tiger, please bet him. And I feel that this is the one that, that the books are are hoping that they can get a little bit of money on. I probably wouldn't bet Tiger against Cantley just because of, you know, how Cantley has been here at this venue. Why don't you go ahead and talk about those two guys, specifically Cantley and, uh, in general? 
Well, you know, they're begging you to take Tiger there, and I wouldn't do it. You know, Cantlay, even at minus 140, I would take Cantlay over him in a heartbeat. I happen to like Cantlay quite a bit this week. Uh, and back to who, who plays where, um, Cantlay is off uh, at 8.06 in the morning, so he has, I think, a much uh, a better ability to get off to a good start. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons to like Cantley this week. I actually like him. Um, I, I have I have a lot of tickets on Cantley, so there would be no reason for me to try to talk you or me out of betting Tiger at plus money. Um, I like Cantley there quite a bit. And I guess the final Tiger prop that we can talk here is uh, Tiger versus Rory. You know, Rory's like minus 160. He's a big favorite. But, you know, I will I will bring this up, Uncle Dave, that when we did see the charity events that these two guys played, Tiger against Phil, and then Rory was going up against Fowler and Johnson, those guys were in that tournament. You know, Rory looked really good, but Tiger also looked good as well. Tiger didn't look like he hit too many bad shots, but still, I feel like Rory might be the way to go here at minus 160. Um, I, I just think maybe Tiger has a has a tournament or two to really, really catch up to these, you know, top end guys. Well, you know, that's a pretty steep price to pay on Rory. And I would be tempted to take Tiger in that matchup for the one reason. They're playing in the same group. Um, you know, that that you know, it's, it's those two and Brooks teeing off in the afternoon. So I'm I'm you know, there's there's still a little bit of the Tiger factor. I mean, there's not the intimidation factor that they used to be, but there's still the Tiger factor. And you brought up their match when when they played with uh, Manning and and Brady, and and yeah, Tiger hit some really good shots. I think Tiger really wanted to win that. Uh, I'm not I'm not so sure uh, that everybody else really did. I mean, when he had to hit a good shot, he had a really good shot. So um, I can't take Tiger against Cantlay. I could definitely see taking them against Rory. I mean, I think that. Uh, that price is actually a sort of trickle down of the odds to win. You know, Rory's one of the heavy favorites at, you know, 10 or 11 to 1, and, and Tiger's nearly double that. So, you know, they're not going to throw out a price there where uh, Tiger is going to be favored over Rory. Everything kind of, you know, makes a little sense, at least from the, from uh, you know, from the from the top down. You know, it's the same with the top 10s and top 20s uh, and the head-to-head. So, you know, I could actually see Tiger winning that one. You know, and if you wanted some 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 early action to watch on Thursday, you know, you know that's a featured group, and they will be showing that whole thing. So I could definitely see taking Tiger over Rory, but probably not over Cantlay. So, Uncle Dave, I have a question for you, and this is because I'm not sure, and this is something that this is something that I haven't followed with golf. But you've mentioned this already probably two or three times on this podcast, where you mention these groupings. And I can't get over the names that are being stuck together. Now, sure, there will be pressure on some of these guys to go ahead and perform. Like you just talked about Tiger and his grouping. And then you talked before about Cantlay and his group. And it's like, man, like you stick these guys with the top golfers in the world. And it seems like there might be some added pressure on some of these top guys. Is it typical that like at the Memorial or some of these majors where they just make these groupings like, you know, you have to watch this grouping or, or is this just something that, um, it just seems kind of odd. Is that something that typically happens when the Memorial or the, or the majors come around? Yeah, it is. And, and, and they do that for, you know, you're right for TV, for ratings. And if you notice that those bigger groups are, are generally spaced out a little bit. So, you know, if you're live streaming early in the morning or watching the golf channel at 11 or, or CBS at three or, 
however you choose to view it, you know, there's always a couple of groups out there with some big names and, you know, at least one of them will be doing well. And, 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 and now they've done that even more so for the TV, for the ratings, because, you know, golf has a huge opportunity with no other sports playing right now. And, you know, golf has done a good job of having, you know, one or two guys, I think in six weeks have had to drop out due to testing positive. So, you know, I mean, there's another group, you know, we talked earlier about Justin Thomas and, you know, he's paired with Dustin Johnson and Xander Shoffley. So, you know, go figure. And, you know, I look at the, the other side of the coin, you know, and sometimes those groups are tough to figure, you know, and I think you do have to factor in the pairings. And oftentimes you can go back and see what that pairing has done in the past. You had to dig, but it's there, um, you know, and, it, and for that reason, there's another guy I like quite a bit is Patrick Reed. And one of the reasons I like him is he's playing with Sebastian Munoz and Keith Mitchell. So, you know, he's clearly the best golfer there. Now, that doesn't assure him of doing well. But, you know, he's not playing with Bryson and having to hit uh, his second shot from 30 yards back, which, yeah, I don't care who you are, that can be a little unnerving over the course of four hours. So, yes, they do that absolutely for TV, buddy. Well, that makes me feel pretty good, actually, Uncle Dave, going into this week because I don't have anybody that's, you know, a big-name guy. So at least I know that, you know, the lower-end lower guys that I have here you know, they're not going to get stuck with these, you know, bombers or, you know, these guys who are absolutely crushing it. So um, at least that gives me a little bit of, a, you know, it gives me a little bit of motivation going into this week that I'm not going to get stuck in some, you know, terrible grouping. So let's circle back, Uncle Dave, to one of your favorite topics, I'm sure, leader after the first round. Now, you had a guy last week. I'm just going to let you talk about Hadwin. I'll let you talk about Morikawa. Now, you and I were texting and you're like, I think I might get there. I think I might get there. And then I guess it didn't happen. Why don't you go ahead and talk about your first round leader? And if you have one for this week, why don't you let us know? But why don't you fill us in last week exactly what happened? Because you were freaking damn close last week to cashing that big ticket. Well, I'm not going to fill you in anymore because I'm surprised that here it is a week later and I'm still pissed about it, which is highly unusual for me because I do get over things quickly. Um, but people keep asking me about it. You know what happened. We didn't win the bet. Let's move on to this week. And there's a couple guys. I mean, I've got about 25 bets out there. I'm not going to share them all on this podcast. You guys will have to spend 25 bucks. Sorry. Uh, but I'll give you a few that I really like. Um, I already talked a little bit about Patrick Cantlay. Um, I like him at 33-1 to 1 to win, uh, lead the first round. I especially like his grouping, as I said. And... Another guy that I like to uh, lead the first round, also at 32 to 1, is John Rahm. Now, he was uh, one of the favorites, you know, probably in the top 10 or 15 favorites going into last week. And he started off really badly, he shot at 142 the first two days. You know, I, I, believe, he, I believe he made the cut on the number. Uh, and then Thursday, he got worse. He shot at 75. But he came back. Sunday and shot a 64. So, you know, that should give him a hell of a lot of momentum to uh, take into it this week. You know, I mean, that 64, that's a, that's a, that's a big number or a little number, depending on your perspective. And I'll tell you how I came up with that. You know, you had asked me about guys that 
sort of played that's going through the motions. And I said, well, let me look at that. Um, it'll give us something interesting to talk about. And, and I didn't see any. But when I do that, I also look at, you know, how they played late going forward. And, you know, finishing a final round 64 and finish, you know, it was 700, finishing 800 for the tournament when he barely made the cut. Uh, and Cantley did similar. You know, he started off 142. I think he was one under Saturday, and then he shot a 65. So I think both of those guys did what a lot of people thought they might do last week, but they didn't do it till Sunday. So that gives them a lot of momentum going forward. So I actually like both of those guys at 33 to 1 for potential first round leaders. You know, I went ahead and I found a guy that I thought had, I'm not going to say some value, but a guy that maybe you know, could end up being a first round leader. Now you talked about, you know, those low scores last week, Uncle Dave, and there were only a couple guys, I think maybe two that shot 64 and there might've only been like three or four guys that ended up shooting 65, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take a guy named Troy Merritt at a hundred to one. He played well here last week. He had a tied for 22nd finish and he shot two rounds in the sixties and his best round was actually a 67. I think the fact that he has a quick turnaround here, you know, maybe there's a potential that he can go low. You know, I'm only going to put a small little pizza bet on it. You know, maybe a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, especially at 100 to 1. You know, you can end up getting a decent payback. I just wonder if he gets aggressive, you know, with the fact that he shot a 67. Maybe he wasn't aggressive. Maybe he goes into this one thinking, you know, like you talked about, Uncle Dave, you know, that certain golfers are going to ask themselves, do I need to go low on Thursday? And some of the better golfers probably don't. But a guy like this, I would think that these type of players are going to look to be as aggressive as they possibly can. You know, maybe he ends up with a bad round, but maybe he ends up with a very good one. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to throw in Troy Merritt. That's the only first round guy that I have to go ahead and lead at a hundred to one. Now let's talk about a guy. I'm, I'm a little salty with uncle Dave, as I mentioned in the beginning, I did not have a good podcast last week with our golf picks. I had been on, he did nothing. I had Grillo, he did nothing. I had Justin Rose. He did nothing. But I'm not going to go ahead and throw Ben on in the trash. I'm going to play him, Uncle Dave, plus 138 to go ahead and make the top 40. I'm going to bet that again. You know, he started out terrible in the first round last week, but his second round was actually very encouraging to me as he shot a 68. Now, he started out his second round a little rusty as he ended up, I think he had bogey bogey. But then Uncle Dave, he ended up making par or birdie from the sixth hole on in that second round until the 18th. He actually birdied seven of the final 14 holes. So I'm not going to throw him in the trash. I I like the fact that he finished very strong there. And he's been good here the last couple times that he's golfed here at this course. So I'm not going to go ahead and go ahead and simply just get rid of this guy. I liked him last week. I like him again this week. I'm encouraged by how he finished last week. So I'm going to go ahead and give that one to you guys. Ben on plus 138, top 40. Uncle Dave, do you have anybody in the top 40 mail, maybe one of those lower tier guys that we could potentially cash a ticket with? Let me tell you a guy I put on top 40 and I put him on top 30. Ian Poulter, you know, I'm not sure he can uh, win, although I did put a little bit on him to win, but – He's been playing well. He was T5 last week. He was T14 in Harbortown. He's fifth in shots game putting, and that's going to be huge. He's 15th in scoring average. So 
You know, I think he's a little underrated. He's obviously been around for a long time. So, you know, he's not going to probably make silly mistakes. And he's in good form. So I think I saw him at plus 110 T40 and plus 165 T30. Um, and, you know, barring catastrophe, I don't see how either one of them happen. And, you know, another guy that I really like, uh, a T20 I played him, but, you know, you can play him 30 or 40 is uh, Billy Horsell, uh, plus 300, 220. You know, he's got five top tens this year, and he's 27th in shots gained off the tee, which is also going to be huge this year. I mean, you just don't want to be uh, in the rough. He's 32nd in shots gained putting. Um, you know, and he's made only two of the four cuts in the four tournaments he's played since they came back. But even in the two cuts he didn't make, he didn't play poorly. I mean, he have a 78. I think he was par under par, just not under enough. So he's also in pretty good form. So you know, Billy Horsell is another guy that I feel pretty good about um, probably cashing some tickets with him somewhere along the line. Well, I'm glad you brought up Horschel, Uncle Dave, because that was a top 20 pick that I was going to make, and you and I haven't even spoke. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Horschel to make the top 20. You're going to get him at 3-1. to one. Now, he landed top 15 the last three times that he's played at this event. Plus, if you go back to last week, Uncle Dave, Horschel shot really well, minus 11, tied for 7, and he had a 66 round on his final day. So I think he comes in here confident, and I'm really happy that you're on that same golfer as well. Now, you mentioned a couple other things, Uncle Dave, and here's one of the picks that I have, and I'm curious if you have any make-the-cut guys but here's one that I'm looking at, Rory Sabatini, to go ahead and make the cut, minus 150. Now, here's a guy last week, Uncle Dave, who shot three rounds in the 60s. And you can only find a, a handful of guys who actually shot three rounds in the 60s. And, and you know, he had one round in the 70s, but he tied for 17th. And this guy's been very good at this venue in the past. He has a top five finish here, a few top 20s. Sabatini, he's never missed a cut at this course. So I feel pretty good about Sabatini, you know, after his strong showing last week. Uncle Dave, you know more about Sabatini than I do. Why don't you talk about him? And if you have any other guys to go ahead and make the cut, you can go ahead and throw those guys out there as well. Well, I do have another couple of guys to make the cut. I'll, I'll probably add more in the next 36 hours. And I don't want to talk about Rory Sabatini because I don't like Rory Sabatini. Um, and I don't like him. It has nothing to do with his golfing ability. And I'm just going to tell a little story out of school here. Um, when I was going every weekend to, every, every year, every weekend, every year to the Heritage in, in Harbortown when I lived on Hilton Head, and I used to watch after the 18th hole when they came off, um, even in the earlier rounds, and there's always a bunch of kids standing around, you know, wanting gloves and balls and, and autographs and whatnot. And... You know, I watched some of the guys, and I can't remember specifically. Well, I could, but I'm not going to give them out. Guys that would, would stand there until they had nothing left in their bag. You know, they'd give away every glove and sign it first. They'd give away every ball and sign it first. They'd give away all their tees, their ball markers, whatever they had, you know, just really trying to sort of be fan-friendly. Then Rory Sabatini came off. And I don't, I don't know whether he shot a shitty round or not. But he just walked right by him and almost like, you know, gave him that eye look like, you know, why are you guys bothering me? So I always root against Rory Sabatini. You know, if he were if he were elite, it wouldn't preclude me from putting money on him. But all things being equal, 
I just don't like the guy. As far as making the cut, I already talked a little bit about Ian Poulter. I like him to make the cut. Another guy I like to make the cut, and this would be a good segue back to something I wanted to talk about, um, Matthew Fitzpatrick um, is minus 225 to make the cut. I also got Fitzpatrick plus 275 in the top 20, um, and you can use him in a lot of places. I'll tell you several reasons why I like him, and I'll save the best for last for those that don't know. Um, but he's 27th in the world golf rankings. He was 16 under at Hilton Head, and nothing wrong with 16 under at Hilton Head. Problem is there were about 12 guys that shot better than that. He shot a 68 in the final round last week, and again, he's 17th in shots gained putting. Those are all good things, but here's the big thing. Um, he's got Bones Mackay that caddied for Mickelson for about 25 years on the bag this week. That's a big deal. Uh, that's another reason I did have him to make the cut last week. No reason not to do it again. No reason for him to not to get a little better. So I played him top 20. Um, you know, if you want to throw a few bucks on him to, to do even better, go for it. Um, you know, first round leader, he's 66 to 1. Um, that's not that's not out of the question. Uh, you know, Makai with Phil for so long knows that course, knows every course, but clearly knows that one like the back of his hand. And he's like the total steadying influence. I, lo- I watched what Fitzpatrick did last week, and you know, he started out sort of maybe like one over, um, two or three under, then he shot par, then he shot a really good last run. And it wasn't just a 68. He just didn't make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, that's, that's something a good caddy will do for you. Um, he might not win it for you, but he'll keep you from losing it by, you know, hitting it in the water or some other sort of disastrous shot that you and I might try uh, that he probably shouldn't in that particular situation. So uh, Fitzpatrick is another guy to make the cut, and I did use him in a few other places. So, Uncle Dave, last week I said I would go ahead and give out a top 10 pick. And i got to be honest with you. I was going to go ahead and do Horschel. But the fact that he finished in the top 15 three times, I'm like, I'm better off just playing him in the top 20. So I'm reneging on my my top 10 pick. But if you have any more winners or you have any other long shots that you want to give out before our podcast ends for our listeners, because, you know, last week you were hot. I think you're going to be hot here once again. Why don't you go ahead and give them out before we close out the pod? One of my longer shots to win is Sergio at 80 to 1. Um, do I think he will? No, but he was in pretty good form last time we saw him. Um, and, and and here's two guys that you might want to use somewhere. Um, guys like Brendan Todd and Harris English, you know, they're 200 to 1 and 175 to 1. Are they going to win? No. Um, but if you do the metrics on what they've done and what they, they can do here, um, I like them a lot for, you know, some of the top 20, top 40s. A um, couple guys I like to win, you know, we've kind of given out our our Hail Marys here and there, and I'm not going to give out my whole card. We need the best. That's why you're here. But I will give you a couple, and I will tell you why, just because it might make me sound smarter. You know, I talked earlier about Cantlay. I like him to win. He's, unfortunately, he's only 17 to 1. I was hoping to get better odds. Um, but the guy is 10th in the world golf rankings, 5th in shots gained total, Eighth in shots gained on the approach, and that is going to be a huge thing that you're going to want to look at this week, shots gained on the approach. I think if that was your number one criteria, you'd probably do okay. 46 shots gained putting. You know, he was 11th at the Travelers. He shot four rounds in the 60s. Then last week, um, you know, not uh, not awesome, uh, but shot a 65 on Sunday. So, 
Uh, it's 17 to one. I was kind of hoping, uh, you know, if he didn't shoot that 65 and cash me a, a top 20 ticket, we might have been able to get something in the 20 to one. But Cantlay's one. Another one nobody seems to be talking about. You know, Bryson, Rory, and JT are the favorites. Yada yada yada. Go ahead and play them if you want. I, you know, you don't need anybody to do a bunch of work for you to tell you that that they're the favorites, and probably for reasons. Webb Simpson and I cashed him outright at Harbortown. Um, the guy has had two wins and six top tens this year already since the restart. A win and a T eight. Um, you know, so I'm not worried about the layoff with him. You know, he didn't play last week. Um, he's not big in shots gained off the tee, uh, but he's very accurate. He keeps the ball in the fairway. And, again, he's fifth in shots gained on approach shots, 16th in shots gained putting. So if you look at all his stats, I mean, there's there's none of them that would make you think he doesn't have a great chance to win. Um, he's 22 to 1. Um, those are not as, 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 as nice to my wallet as maybe a Morikawa at 35 to 1, uh, but – you know, I think they have as much value at those prices as, you know, guys like Bryson and Justin Thomas do at 9 or 10 to 1. You know, I think if, if I was going to use um, Bryson or Justin Thomas or even Rory, the three favorites, you know, I would I would find a, a top 10 or a top 20 and that I could get it about even money and just do it. Uh, but then again, you know, I have so much exposure right now. You know, how much more risk do I really want for what's probably not a huge return, you know, even winning at nine or 10 to one, uh, is that a huge return? If I was to bet like a whole unit on it, you know, probably not. And, you know, for anybody listening or anybody that's picking up my package this week, you know, I put out a lot of bets. I don't put unit designations on them. I've learned over the years that all I can do is do the work. And, you know, you guys are going to have to figure out how to allocate your money uh, because I do put, out a lot of guys because uh, there's ways to win with a lot of guys and that's been successful for us this year so there's no reason to stop it now um, you know do I put an entire unit on each one of these guys no but you know you've got to sit down and figure out I mean anybody that's picking it up today you know it, it's for the most part final um, it, you know I will add a few more sometimes when I just talk things through and I go well, you know shit I didn't bet on that yet I really need to um, I, I will. Um, but, you know, again, you know, to play all of them, that's a lot of risk. And, you know, I've had a couple of people tell me, um, you know, well, you didn't do all that great. This is all about football. You know, I'll give you a quick football story is I have a, I have a guy that uh, uh, his baseball is especially, he, he doesn't like unders when you play the under in a total and uh, or basketball. Uh, and we had been doing super hot in the NBA uh, and we're going to do super hot in the restart NBA. But I had hit like, I don't know, nine out of 10 unders in a row. I mean, we were just seeing things really well. And he was saying, you know, when we're not doing well, I'm not doing well. And I, I texted him back. I said, well, what are you talking about? And he says, well, I didn't play those because I don't like unders. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's just, just any talking to this guy. So, you know, I had a similar thing happen last week with golf. Um, it might have been the week before. I don't know. They all kind of run together when, when there's a seven-day work week is um, – we had done really well, or I guess I guess maybe it was the tournament before last where we we cashed a few tickets, but we didn't we didn't do great. And and uh, the few tickets we did cash, guys said, "Well, I lost all my bets." And I said, "Well, we won this, this, and this." I mean, it wasn't like a total wipeout. He said, "Well, I didn't like those, so I didn't play them." You know, it's like sometimes I gotta wonder, sleepy, why why I do this? And and I guess I've learned to to not 
um, waste a lot of time trying to tell people exactly what to do and how to do it because they're not going to do it anyway. It comes with the job. I can accept it. That's my, my, my mini rant for this podcast is, you know, I, I work really hard um, most of my waking hours to try to find what I think is value and help people make money, which is obviously what we do on this podcast as well. And I guess I'll just close by saying you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So, Sleepy, that's all I got. Well, I think one of the benefits, Uncle Dave, of doing podcasts is, you know, we do give out a ton of information for free. And the people who do, you know, end up eventually going ahead and picking up your golf package. If they don't play all the stuff that you, you know, that you get, that you put out in the package, at least, you know, there's guys that are listening, you know, that are getting things for free that are uh, at least making us feel a little bit better, you know, when uh, when it comes down to that type of situation. Uncle Dave, I did have one more question for you before we close out. Now, I was going through first-round leaders, and last night I was looking, and I'm like, why are all these guys who ended up shooting, you know, rather well, like why are they not playing this week? I went through like six guys that I literally had on my list, and not one of them are playing this week. But the one guy I was thinking about was Xander, and we haven't really talked about him at all. I want to play him in the top 30 minus 150, Uncle Dave. I'm going to probably do that, you know, with your recommendation. But we haven't talked about Xander at all. You know, he shot a 66, and I think, you know, there might be a potential for him to, you know, be the leader after the first round. You could get that at like 33 to 1. But I want to know if you think Xander this week is a good bet for me to make top 30 maybe even that leader after the first round, because that 66 was uh, you know, a little intriguing to me. It's funny that you brought him up because I've been looking at a lot of things. And I go, well, you know, why, why wouldn't I use him? Why wouldn't I use him? You know, there's no reason not to, really. I mean, he's, he's 12th in the FedEx Cup standings. He's 11th in the world golf rankings. His scoring average is 69.4. Uh, he has had four top 10s this year, 21 top tens in uh, in his career. So, I mean, you know, why wouldn't you? He's made 71 out of 90 cuts. You know, that's the one thing you want to at least, you know, you got to make the cut. Uh, and his odds of, of making cuts are pretty good. Uh, I think the one thing that I'm not enamored with him is his putting. Um, he's, he's very good. Greens and regulation, I think he's fourth on the PGA Tour. Um, and scoring average, he's seventh. Um, his driving accuracy is a little marginal. You know, he is kind of a kind of a long ball hitter, so he can get in trouble. He's not one of the strongest guys, so he's probably going to be back a little bit. Now, his putting, again, is kind of marginal. I think he's 92nd in putts per round. I mean, he's, he's consistently inconsistent there. So, you know, the big knock on him uh, this week is going to be, or the knock, or the, the potential yellow flag for me would be his putting. Um, but he can, obviously he can. He's won plenty of times before. But I think the reason you're going to get such a good price on him is because of the putting. And uh, I know that putting is going to be such a premium put on it, as we said, because the greens are going to be quick. Uh, the pins are going to be in a bunch of different places than they were last week. Uh, I was watching the end of it on Sunday last week, and a couple of guys hit shots that were you know, way over uh, in the corner of a particular green. Uh, they didn't intend to go there. It was way away from the pin, and 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 Jim Nance was saying, "Well, he's good love that next Sunday." And I'm thinking, God, if that's where the pin is next Sunday, good luck. Uh, so you know, he if he puts well, he could do far better than T30. 
If he doesn't putt well, he could be uh, he could be on to Detroit uh, by by Saturday, assuming he's playing next week. So one more question, Uncle Dave, and this is something that I was looking at last night, and maybe you could help me kind of understand my logic with this one. And it surrounds John Rahm. Now, if you look at what he did last week, Uncle Dave, you know he didn't golf all that well. He had a seventy-two with seventy, and then in his third round, he fired a seventy-five. But his fourth round, Uncle Dave, he shot a 64. That was the low at that course for last week. So would you view that as Rom was, you know, out there, you know, shooting normal, shooting normal, had a bad round, and he was like, screw it. I'm going into this fourth round, and I'm going to try to shoot my ass off. Because if you go through and you look at a lot of the scores last week, you know, in that fourth round, there were a lot of guys that finished in the 70s. But the fact that Rom shot that well going into the fourth round. Do you think maybe, one, he was aggressive? And, two, do you think going into this week, maybe he is super aggressive again because of, you know, how well he did in that fourth round? Is there a potential, you know, maybe that we see Rom at the top of the leaderboard there for the first round because of, you know, how bad he shot in the third round and then how, you know, how well he did in the fourth? Um, yes, absolutely. And uh, we talked about him a little bit. Um, and, I, you know, he – he just kind of shook the bed on the first couple of rounds last week. Um, but, you know, that could be your guy that was, uh, you know, I love the way you phrased that question. You know, help me understand my logic. You know, I'm not a shrink, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> um, that would be that would be your guy that, that, that may have uh, liked to have played well last week started relatively poorly uh, and then on Friday said I have nothing to lose I'm gonna I'm gonna take some chances and see what this does for next week I mean you know the guys had uh, how many career wins he's had three on the PGA six international um, 36 top tens you know the guys made 18 million bucks 73 out of 84 cuts made so yeah for sure Ram is definitely uh, on on my radar. You know what I'm going to do, Uncle Dave? I'm going to play Rom. I'm going to make that an official pick for our podcast here. I'm going to play Rom to go ahead and be the first round leader at 33-1. to 1. I'm adding that to my card. Um, I feel pretty good about that. Well, that's it, guys. That's it for our podcast. You got all our picks from Uncle Dave and myself. Handful there. Hopefully, I can go ahead and uh, rebound after last week. Not a good week. But if Uncle Dave can keep us above water, you know, hitting those 35-1 to 1 winners and catching those top 20 tickets you know i don't think anybody will complain but i think we're gonna have our best golf tournament this upcoming week again i'm sleepy j you guys can find me on twitter sleepy j underscore pregame and he is the golf guru uncle dave you guys can find him on twitter as well at dave underscore essler and you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com uncle dave we're counting down the days only nine days left until first pitch of major league baseball stick around with that said, I'd like to wish everyone the best of luck. Enjoy the games.